this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello. I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to our chat with Heather Thompson. If you haven't heard part one, check it out. We talk about this past season of Roni, Ebony, Aaliyah, all that transpired, her leaving after three days, her Watch What Happens live appearance. We're going to continue that right now, but wouldn't it make more sense if you heard part one first? Because we kind of set the scene. If we talk about it all, we're going to continue that here. And we're about to get into what we predict for the future of the show. Stay tuned. And do you think, because that is one of the reasons people say it's like an off season, like, do you think it's because there is no bridge? Like, it's, this is not a cohesive group. These aren't no, real they friends. No, they don't know each other. They don't know each other. Lee and Ebony never knew each other. That's all made up. They, you know, allied together, whatever it was they did. Luann, they don't know each other. You know, I mean, when Aviva joined the cast, Luann knew her. Sonia knew her. They had a history with that you know, with that woman, I had, I had met Sonia, you know what I mean? She had come to my showroom, you know what I mean? We had met. So meeting her for a second time at a party with her new friends, like that worked. And I had met Carol right one time before filming. So there was, and we didn't pretend, we didn't pretend, we didn't pretend to be best friends. We didn't pretend that we knew each other, that we knew each other. Like that was one of the things that, that was an issue when I was on the show, when Aviva brought her friend to the show, which wasn't really her friend, the stylist. Do you remember the one, um, what was her name? Remember when I was on the show, it was the big, when I said, um, oh, you want to deck me, honey, deck me. Do I don't remember? remember a stylist now. She was, well, she was an image consultant. That was what her job was. God, what was her name? Now I'm going to have to Google it. Cause now right, you got to Google wanna... it. But the funny thing was, was she was not, she, they were trying to bring in new cast members and they brought this woman. I don't know where they found her or anything like that. You know, God bless her. They brought her and they made her, they, her and Aviva pretended to be friends. And I was like, you're not friends. 
you know, oh, you hired her as your image consultant. I say, well, whose images do you consult? Like it was all made up and it didn't work. She didn't work because she forced herself in. It didn't work. But now that works. That seems to they. I don't know why they think that formula works because I don't think it does. So you think that that could be part of it? That I, think it's, more like- I think it's not one thing. I think it's been, uh, you know, a lot of things adding up. It's not like the ratings have, have been up, 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 up. You know, the ratings haven't been like skyrocketing and all of a sudden they, they crashed and burned. It's been waning in popularity for a long time. Watch what happens. Lives ratings are low. You know, the housewives of New York's ratings were low. I mean, those two things I know. Um, they canceled a couple shows. Dallas is canceled. What about the grandstanding? Because that's one of the things like who, because that's one of the things that people accuse uh, for the ratings slipping too. Like who was the worst when you were there? You say everyone's jockeying for camera time. Who was the worst offender? Well, it was so obvious in my scenes. I mean, I couldn't even breathe without being screamed at. So it was not Leah just showing up. You know what I mean? Just by me showing up, it was like, that was enough for her. Like to, you know, that's what she was going to sink her teeth into or claws, (laughs) whichever you want to pick. Yeah. I mean, that's who a lot of the audience accuses of what, I mean, what do you think it is about you? Like, did she just not like you? Was it like, this is my show move over zero time thinking about it. I have no idea. You have no interest in repairing a relationship with Leah. It wasn't a relationship that even existed. You know what I mean? She's another human being that, you know, moves around this planet just like I do. That's about it. That makes sense. What about, you know, all this talk that people say, oh, it's because of like, not even like race or just all these serious issues, like that there's no place for them on Housewives. Really everything that we just talked about, you know, a lot of people are saying like, we don't want this. That's why the ratings are bad. I think if it was more of a balance, you know, you've got to, when you're having conversations like that, you have to see two sides of the story. You have to, you don't have, you can't squish that into an edited little show and, and have there be, you know, I don't know, real progress. I think that, I think that the conversations have to happen. I don't care where the hell you are. You know what I mean? Even if you live on Mars, you know what I mean? Like you have to be aware that this is happening, that there's a systemic struggle, you know, and intolerance for that type of, you know, any type of, you know, making someone feel lesser than whether you're black, brown, a woman, you know, another minority, LGBTQ plus, or just, you know, me and you, just us sitting right here as human beings, you know, practicing some kindness. And so I don't think, I think there there has to be a balance of it, you know, a good conversation that played out in a whole way. I I don't know. I didn't watch the season. I I really didn't because why would I want to do that? You know what I mean? I'm dealing, we, we do deal with it in our own everyday life. Right. So, but I think that some those conversations are important. So to have the conversation, reflect on it, take pause in it, follow up, make a talking head or something in your confessional. I think that they should be handled seriously. And I think they should be handled with importance, seeing what's happening in the country and not, and we should all be working to bring us back together versus dividing us. So anything that continues to make the divide greater, I don't think is serving us as a community right now in this country. Well, what about, you know, if you were a producer on this show, what, who would you like let go for next season to get the ratings back up? Um, okay. So if I'm going to really put on producer hat, I would recast the entire show. 
I would start from brand new. I would take all the lessons that I learned and I would recast the show in its entirely. And I would relaunch the New York housewives. In other words, let everybody go. I, I would re I would recast the entire franchise and relook. I would first, I would re-strategize the show. I would look at, as a producer, as a businesswoman, I can speak as an entrepreneur. If yeah. I got a seat at the table, these would be the questions I would ask. I'd be looking at all the ratings. I'd be looking at all the shows. I'd be looking at what the diverse groups are, who's looking into it. I mean, there's so many layers of a decision like this, but personally speaking, because I've been a part of the upset from the beginning, like where they fired half the cast, they were going to replace it. And be, be honest with you, initially, there was more than just three on the block. They weren't really sure how much they were going to upset the cast. And the reason for that is, so let's go back to facts and history, is it was never cast to be the Real Housewives of New York. It was cast to be a show called Manhattan Moms. So that's why New York was an anomaly. It was like a little bit different than all the other ones. So now knowing what I know, knowing the franchise I had built, knowing that the girls that were on the show for 10, 11 years, I think it's like 11 years now, right? Well, no, 13 More, years. Yeah. I was 13. So for 13 years, I mean, I think that that's a really good run. Making content is such an essential part of what I do to keep this show going, but it hasn't always been a seamless creative process. Listen, in addition to what you guys see every day on Instagram, I tweet the show out and I post tons of video clips on YouTube all day for that day's show. I'll be honest, my design skill level ain't so great and my ability to learn new platforms is even worse. Ever since I found Canva Pro, I can design anything like a pro on any device. I feel like such an expert. Listen, it's a design platform that empowers you to create and share stunning content with just a few clicks. Designing with Canva Pro is so much fun and it's fast. You could choose from thousands of templates that are easy to customize, or you can just start from scratch. What I like the best about Canva Pro is everything is in one place and it helps me stay organized. Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, video editor, it's all right there. So it's easy for me to stay on the same page with everyone else I'm working with. There's no more misplaced files and there's no more tedious back and forth. The other thing I love about Canva Pro is the price. For just $12.99 a month, you and four teammates can unlock everything Canva Pro has to offer. Really, design like a pro with Canva Pro. Right now, you can get a free 45-day extended trial when you use my promo code. Just go to canva.me slash velvetrope to get free 45 days of an extended trial period. That's canva.me slash velvetrope. Canva.me slash velvetrope. And you get a free 45-day extended trial period. Trust me, you're going to love it and it's going to make your life so much easier. Canva.me slash velvetrope. You know, and there should be, they've helped build the franchise. You know what I mean? There should be some sort of nice severance package and they should even know that that doesn't work with this contract. But that's what I would do if I were a producer of this show and I was running the Bravo Network. I'd want to upset this apple cart and bring on some change and do some good work along with the dramatic toxicity that, you know, is addictive and we know it is. And people love to watch and tune in on it. I love it. People always ask me that question too. I'm like, listen, I'm like a producer, a business person. It's nothing personal. Like I'm just looking at this and this is, these are the people I think should go like no offense. Yeah. What about, well, if they were, okay. Do you feel anyone should be brought back from the past then if you were going to let Not everyone really. go? 
Not really, because I'm a perfect example. And maybe I wasn't, you know, everybody's top pick, but I was a pretty neutral choice. You know what I mean? Um, that I think that there's history and there's no, the history doesn't need, and it needs to be reworked. It, it needs to be re-strategized. That's what I think, because I think we need some more goodness in the world. You know what I mean? We can't have too much sap, right? People don't want to see all that. You know, we can't have too much politics because we can just turn on any news station, any station pretty much right now, and you're going to get politics of some sort. So how do we balance it? How do we play the balance? And to me, that is storytelling. People bring in their stuff. People bring in their lives. And being that the fourth wall is such a problem, then script some of the damn show. You know what I mean? Make some of it unscripted. Let the, they're not actors, but I mean, at this point, I bet, you know, some of the OGs could, you know, do uh, act. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, it happens. So. Yeah. Do you agree like with a Jill Zarin who says, I mean, like it should be more like male energy and there should be someone married or some children. Sure. Or- that's not it, the uh, reality. Now, I don't know what the statistics are in terms of how many people are single in this country versus how many people are married in this country. But if you just took a 50-50 statistic, right? Simple, just for argument's sake, we're not even covering that on the show. So it's there's no individual stories. So they try to make it about the women together, but the women don't have anything together. They're not, except for you know, Luann and Ramona have history and they used to hate each other. Remember, you know what I mean? Now through they've evolved into some sort of friendship after working this many years together on the show, they need each other for crying out loud. That's not hard to recognize, but is there like sincerity, you know what I mean? Where they like call on the phone and, you know, talk for hours at a time. I don't think so. Well, right. Like back in the day, you had your side stories. Like you had a story about your life and then you had a group situation. What advice would you give if you were going to recast the show and people were now calling you and saying, Heather, I want to be the housewife. And, you know, what advice would you have for all these hopefuls? Uh, Having been through it and having gone back. I'd say show up on the front line as a cast. Show up as a member of an ensemble cast. I would say be authentic. Be true to you. Uh, don't be afraid to make a mistake, but be willing to talk about it. You know what I mean? On the show, be willing to be embarrassed, be willing to be vulnerable. I think, I think showing powerful women and overcoming things and vulnerable situations and differences of opinions, that is in the end, what we all want to see. You know what I mean? Like the soap opera keeps us coming back, right? Like what's going to happen? The cliffhanger. You know, that's production has all the power in that cliffhang it all edit it that way. So you don't really know. But I think if you're having a a conversation about something really serious, whether it be like rape or, you know, race or anything like that, the producer should take pause with the cast members and they should have a conversation about where this could go. Instead of pitting them against each other, there should be a new strategy where you actually work with each other toward a resolution or toward a agreed upon disagreement because that's exactly where the conversation should be starting like say say i had a a, a vehement disagreement where you know that wall to me is green and to you it's purple and we're going to talk about it all season because that's interesting following those perspectives 
You know what I mean? Until we either I change my mind, I'm like, you're right, it's purple. Or at least we can understand that your sphere that you're living on, that you're walking in right now shows you purple. And my sphere that I'm living in, that I'm walking on right now shows me green. That's that's interesting television. That's what it's missing. That's what was missing. And I didn't even watch the season. I'm only ascertaining that from the three days that I was on and from the blasting that I got and that I watched happen, um, both positive and negative on social media. Well, that's it. It's like people, like what you just said, people like we're at a place in this world where people aren't putting themselves in someone else's position and saying like, I don't agree with anything. Like that wall will never be purple to me, but I understand why you see it as purple and I still respect you as a human being. I don't agree with you at all. It never will. Maybe if I had walked in your shoes, I would then see purple too. So I can understand my wall is green, but I can understand why yours is purple. That's what we're missing. That's what I was trying to say on watch what happens live, you know, and I made an obvious mistake. I mean, some people don't know microaggressions at all. They never even, they're like a microaggression. Well, that's what it's called a microaggression, right? But when they add up, if you're the person receiving it all the time, it becomes macro because it hits you all the time. So that is the lesson in it, right. you know what I mean? And I know better and I still messed up and I'm going to mess up. And I knew it, you know, it's so funny. And um, there's actually a word for it. Um, it's because it, it, it's like not really realizing it's like being ignorant. Um, I walk away with a huge smile on my face because I felt during that scene, we had finally accomplished something meaningful on the weekend. You know, when I came out of that scene, it was positive. It was a good, positive scene. There was nothing negative to it at all. So watching the talking head was a little bit jolting. Um, sorry, my phone is ringing. No, that's okay. I can't believe I didn't turn it off. Where is it? I, it's like, I, I didn't even hear it really. Oh, you don't? All right, I'm just, oh, here no. it is. Like um, so I just, uh, I lost my train of thought. What was I saying? About that one scene. Oh yeah. So I was surprised because I, I, I felt very positive about it. And I felt like I was really complimenting her in a difficult situation. I walk out of that room with a smile on my face and like right after the camera shuts down, I go, Oh my God, I cannot believe I just said that. I knew exactly what I did. And I went, that's okay, Heather. It's a good thing. You can bring it up tomorrow at breakfast and apologize to her in front of everybody, because I bet that those ladies have no idea about a microaggression or calling someone articulate. And sure enough, in the scene, when I apologize to Emily and bring it to everybody's, uh, to light for everybody, immediately Luann's reaction is like, what, you can't compliment somebody now? Of course they edit that out, but you know what I mean? So that was people's true opinion that they're like, that's a compliment. No, it's not. When you're black or brown in the context, it was the wrong word to use because of Ebony strictly. And it was even funnier what she said to me later. She goes, it wasn't even that part that was funny, but she said, has anyone ever told you that? And that's like, and that's like a normal, like, that's kind of like part of our rhetoric. You know what I mean? It's just like, you know what I mean? You know, those types of words. Anyone ever told you that? It's kind of just part of the English language. And, And I didn't even realize that I said that knowing her career now, it was funny that I would even say something like that to her, but I would say that to you. I would say that to myself. I use that word. I do. Right. I mean, I do too. In a positive way. Uh, Yeah. I mean, 
do you think, I mean, well, I was going to say, I mean, I had Ebony on this podcast and I think I might've even said that. So I don't know if I like, I don't know if I said it to her or to someone else. And now, but I've thought about that many times since, cause I think she's amazing. Yep. Now you can be careful. I mean, that's the whole point of like inviting, you know, an elephant trainer to dinner. If you don't want to, if you don't have room for an elephant, you know, Bravo hired someone who's worked in their whole career, you know, defending civil rights and, you know, equity and equality. And she came to the housewives with an agenda. And if anybody doesn't understand that, I don't, I don't, you know, like maybe we should type it out, put it in big letters. I mean, that's clear. And I think that ultimately, this is not withstanding of Ebony singularly, but ultimately too many singular agendas on an ensemble cast will probably not fly as well as it could when it could really soar when you're working together. Do you think, you know, Ebony, I don't know if you know this, Ebony is now going to be one of the guest host replacements for Megan McCain on The View. I did know that. She actually shared that with me when she was interviewing for it. And I really hope, I'm glad that she is. I think it's a great platform for her. You think she'll be good at it? Of course. She's a a newscast. I mean, that's what she does. I don't know if you watched her interview on The View. I don't know if you got to see that interview. She sent it to me. I watched it. And she's, she, she was great in it and she's very diplomatic and she knows how to deliver a point and things like that. She's, you know, trained that way. And I think it's a perfect platform to have hard conversations where you can see two sides, listen to different understandings, uh, different experiences Um, that will be, I think, very powerful for her. Well, don't you think it's ironic in a sense that like, all of this happened and the one person you speak to out of this entire cast is Ebony. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, that has, that's ironic to me. I mean, it's great, yeah. but. Who well, I thought? think that's how it would have played out if it was authentic, if the show had played authentically and there wasn't all of these agendas, you know what I mean? That that's, I think that's what you would have seen. Do you think, cause like, I mean, Dallas is canceled and a lot of people say it is because it was not a cohesive group. They were trying to recast it, but mm-hmm. it just wasn't happening and everyone just was fighting and it wasn't, I mean, do you think New York is in jeopardy of that? I have, I mean, I, I, I wish I could answer for you. I have no idea. I mean, I, I have no idea, but I think a reset's in, in order. I think it's, you know, I mean, the numbers show it, you know, that I think that just looking as any business person, you know, if I was running the network, if I was like sitting at the desk and the numbers were my responsibility, I would be having some, you know, pretty deep strategics about, you know, where we take it. What's the, what's the next change happens. It's inevitable. Nothing stays the same. And if it does, you know what I mean? It, it, it gets passed. It gets, it gets trampled over. It gets moved beyond. So it's time to look at, I think, that very successful franchise that has a very powerful reach beyond its own walls of employment, you know what I mean? And things like that. I think that they need to just take a look at it and say, what's the, what's the reset? What's volume two going to look like? And like to your point, when it comes to business, like it's a bottom line and certain shows cost more than others. And I imagine this one is not in the bottom with OG salaries. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And I wouldn't even think that that would not be a reason, by the way, I would get rid of the cast because they're earning too much. That would not be, that would not be a business decision of mine. 
You know what I mean? There would be, there is obviously ceilings and there's like, if you're working in sales, for example, and you earn a really great commission, the bigger you grow your business, the smaller your commission gets, you know what I mean? These are business things. These happen because if not the salesperson could be making more than the entire company, you know? So there's just, there's pivots and things that you have to make in business. And I think to look at that and say, what does America need right now? What are viewers looking for? How do I fill that void? How do I cast that void? How do I script or not script it? You know what I mean? What's the white space and how do I fill it? This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Check out betterhelp.com slash velvet You may not be feeling down and out and depressed or like you're at a total loss, but if your stress level is high, your temper is shorter than usual, or even if you're starting to feel strained in any of your relationships, you could probably use the chance to unload. Talk to someone who's completely unbiased and who's not going to judge you or take sides. If there's stuff you can't tell your friends or family, this is the place to do it. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Unload the stressors and get some unbiased feedback. You'd be pretty surprised at what you might gain for it. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Behind the Velvet Rope listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash velvet rope. That's B E T T. E R H E L P dot com slash velvet rope. Betterhelp.com slash velvet rope. Do you do you feel any desire to go to the reunion or was watch what happens kind of like your reunion? That was watch what happens was was my that was it for me. I mean, literally for me, I never say never and I've always never said never. Like my ship for the housewives has sailed. Like I will never, you know, return in the capacity that it is now. I've learned you can't go back. You know what I mean? I don't, I didn't do enough uh, due diligence. You know what I mean? To really talk to, I, I probably should have spoken to the new cast before I agreed to join. Like all these things had changed. I would never have done that on the housewives. It's supposed to be authentic meeting these people for the first time. So really, like right now, as it exists, you would, no. Never. No way. I can't serve anything by just being a pawn. You know what I mean? Like, I got to have some control of what my message is. So. If it was wiped clean, like you say, and it started over and they came to you and there's a chance. I guess it would have to be a whole new show because I just said I wouldn't cast myself. (laughs) So for a whole new concept. Before we move on from Housewives, my one last question. When you were in this car looking around to see if there were bugs and you were talking to Carol Raswell on the phone, as you say, what was Carol's reaction to like the fact that you were leaving after three days? I told you so. I mean, literally. And we did have a conversation that, you know, even being on the show as long, three years longer, maybe even four, I can't remember, than I was. There was um, things that I didn't know about the show. The show had even changed during that time that I was no longer on it. So when we spoke about it, she's like, I didn't even really think to tell you that. Like, I forgot when you were on, it wasn't like that. You know, she was kind of, it was like, what it did is it solidified that I would not return. You know what I mean? Like it was, 
she didn't realize that some of the things that she was assuming that I knew I didn't know they weren't, they didn't happen when I was on the show that way. So that was some of the things that just reconfirmed that. And she was upset for me um, because she knows how toxic it can be. And she knows what the internet's capable of and, you know, production and the edit, you know, she was really worried about the edit. And I was like, still naive. I'm like, I mean, there's nothing. The one bad thing I really did, I, I own, and I'm glad I did it only because I could teach people from it. She's like, yeah, don't be so sure. You know, she was more, she was more concerned for me. Did she feel bad? Like, oh, wait, shoot. I shouldn't have assumed you knew that. Yes. You know, but, but in a good way, like, of course it was almost like we both recognized it. And then if, you know, I will mention Carol's not on the show for, you know, three seasons or something now. Uh, she's certainly not paid for the show. And they still mention her name, use her on the show, use her as a funny storyline. And I've been in interviews saying, like, that's housewivesy stuff, like those kind of Ratsyville, like all that's housewivesy stuff, except for the fact that she's not a part of the cast. So she should not be on the show. I, I think that that's, um, that's low. I don't think that that's fair. That makes How sense. How can she to me. even respond to that? The, I would agree. And the social media, like you said, has changed. And the whole show, a lot of it plays out on social now. And that's yeah, a big difference. And, and, you know, there are chat rooms over it. And, you know, I mean, there are people, you know, out there that think a certain thing about me and there's nothing I'm going to be able to do to change it, even though it's wildly untrue and has no val- validity. But that happens to everybody. You know what I mean? I was on this, I was on an interview a couple, you know, weeks ago with, you know, my publicist and they were asking a question about this or that. And they're like, you know, naming off like huge celebrities that are being dragged and this is happening and that happening. I mean, it's the wild, wild west when it comes to social media and opinions. But the one thing I will say about it, I did take some solace in this, that even though I was getting beat up, I allowed it to happen for a while because what I recognized was this is their, this person's only platform. This is Mm -hmm. this person's only opportunity to feel heard or feel like they have a voice and I'm going to allow it until it got too much where I was like, wait a minute, I don't, my, my Instagram feed doesn't have to be other people's battleground, but I allowed it for the beginning because I felt like early on my old, my old housewives mentality was it's part of the job. You got to take the good with the bad. You got to take the beatings. You know what I mean? So I had that old mentality where you'd leave really negative comments or horrible things up about that I needed plastic surgery or was I a man in a past, you know, like, you know, just things people say that are really mean, you know what I mean? Um, But I would leave them up there to show that I had thick skin and I was going to show both talent. But then I realized like, this is my Instagram page and what I allow on it is not hate. You can't hate you can have an opinion, but you can't spew vitriol and hate on my page. And that's when I started to make some changes. And now I am in total control of all of my social media and every, meaning well, like you try to, it's, it's a business. You're trying to serve it. You know, you're trying to keep it going. It's totally authentic. And then you need help. There's new things there are IGTV and reels. And how do you post the stories? And sometimes you just need help figure it all out. It's exhausting. You know, it's exhausting, but I'm now doing it all again on my own completely. And if I can't post because I don't get to it, well, that's just the way it is. I've tried to have other people do mine. It does has not worked for me. Personally. It doesn't work. It really, it's hard. And I understand why people do it, especially businesses and things like that. And it can have positive effects and it can have negative effects. But the bottom line is, I don't think the authenticity can truly be there. 
You know what I, I don't mean? think so either. And that's also to your point why, and then I want to talk about your podcast and your new business before we go. But like, that's why I personally, when I decided to have a podcast, I don't never wanted one of those like gossip podcasts, or I want to talk to an individual who's been in an experience. And that's interesting to me. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, what were you going through? What's going on in your mind? And you were on the show. So I would never want to be like, there are podcasts that just sit around and talk about this for hours. I don't, I do not understand that at all. If I want to know what Heather's thinking, I will invite her on the show. And yes, her, exactly. Right? And I think that that's awesome. I mean, there's so many, my podcast has been so enriching for me. I mean, even just look at the other housewives from the other franchises that I've interviewed that I would never have known these dynamic, incredible women. So, you know, just my experience on my franchise may not be another housewife's experience on another franchise. This is the exact point of perspectives and spheres and, you know, different realities. Um, and I think that talking about the greater issues that a show like the housewives can bring to the light, you know, bring to the forefront, that's what should be discussed. Not, you know what I mean? Do, you know, Ramona and Heather still speak or not? Like, how does that enrich your life? Who cares? It really doesn't. Is there a housewife from another franchise that you've just kind of bonded with from your podcast more? I know you just had a Viva on from your own. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Do you ever ask yourself why are so many dogs suffering with health issues? Well, actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 1,600 dogs through her foundation, says she's seeing more issues with dogs, joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, says there's one place we can look to support any dog's health, their food. So she decided to create something she could actually feel good about feeding her dogs, and it's called Superfood Complete. Superfood Complete is the only food I use for the dog in my life, Doherty. Why? Because Doherty's health is so important to me. Doherty is so picky. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. But he loves this dog food. What do I love best about Superfood Complete? The fact that it's made with over 30 of the healthiest ingredients on the planet. But don't take my word for it. Go to badlandsranch.com velvet in order right now to get 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S ranch.com slash velvet today. It's sandal season, and that's something I used to wait all year for. But now with the new Croc-style sandals, I embrace those feel-good summer vibes all year long. And you can too. I love Croc's new getaway sandals. With their new feel-free technology, they're so light and soft, it feels like you don't have shoes on at all. It's like walking on clouds. They're Brooklyn sandals. They're so stylish and sophisticated. They have a classic style and a modern simplicity. And let's not forget their new Miami sandals. They're an elevated silhouette and they have a slight lift, which I love. So thanks to Crocs, these aren't just sandals for a single season. You can wear them year-round. And that's what I love best about Crocs because being this comfortable transcends a single season or a single vacation or even a single moment. It's a mindset. Thank you, Crocs. And right now you get 20% off your next purchase 
at crocs.com. Just use the code sandals20 at checkout. That's sandals20 at crocs.com for 20% off your purchase. Do you remember Tuesday, September 20th, 2016? Because we do. Because it's the day This Is Us premiered after more than 70 million of you watched our trailer and made our show go viral. I'm Mandy Moore. I am Chris Sullivan. And I am Sterling Brown. We are your hosts of That Was Us, a rewatch podcast starting May 14th. Listen to our episodes wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll be able to watch our episodes on the That Was Us YouTube channel. Yeah, so Aviv and I are obviously friends. And what's so great about the podcast is people didn't know that we were friends. People thought we hated each other. I'm like, oh my God, no. You know what I mean? Like Carol and Aviva don't have a relationship, you know, but I, you know, if I was really important to me, if it was part of my life, you know, work to bond Aviva and Carol back together, I would get them to have lunch together. You know what I mean? There's There's been a lot of more of things that have happened since that, happened. And Aviva's first reaction to Carol would be, I'm so sorry. I know she would. She, 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 you know, listen to the podcast. She'll tell you, you know what I mean? She feels bad for that. And she would change it if she could. Knowing both of them, not as well as you do, but I could actually see Carol and Aviva. Like I've interviewed both of them. I could see, I mean, I know I could see them getting. We got along so good when we first joined the cast together. Those first, that first couple scenes where Aviva's like, let's promise never to be mean girls. Like there was a synergy there of excitement. Like we really were setting out to do something great together. We really felt that you could feel that energy. It was culpable, but it shifted quickly. And, you know, Aviva will say that she felt pressured, you know, to perform and pressured, like you've got to being too nice and you've got to do this and you've got to do that. And, you know, the network is, is, you know, definitely known for that. You know, you, you know, I've pitched other shows to them. They're like, can you add more drama to it? Can you do it? And they're like, no, 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 that's not what that show is. And they don't pick it up. So you know what I mean? I, I get it, but, um, we are friends and I, so to answer your question, um, there's some that I'd like, like Garcelle, I would love to interview her. I think so. She's a dynamic person. I'd love to get to know her. Um, uh, Deandra, I really enjoyed her and her mom on my podcast. They're like great. I'm going to follow up with them. And when we get back to kind of more normal life, like I will 100% invite them to lunch to see them. They, they, and I don't know anything about them and I don't watch the show is literally just meeting them on the podcast. And we had so many, um, similarities. It was exciting to hear what she knew about nutrition and share in her journeys um, and sharing that. So I love the podcast for that reason. Well, let's talk about your new business venture as it relates to nutrition. Tell us all about it. Exactly. Thank you. So uh, Beyond Fresh is what I call Beyond Yummy. And I mean that in two ways. Um, A lot of people ask me, um, I am an entrepreneur. I was in the fashion industry for the greater part of my career. And I really have some of the best memories and experiences from that. Um, I learned so many invaluable lessons and I still love fashion. It's just not a passion for me. Like it used to be nutrition is now that passion. And as an entrepreneur, I have pivoted and I shifted. I sold my, um, interest in yummy. I no longer have it. It's been about six years now. And I started uh, building beyond fresh about six years ago. I got my, um, health coaching degree. I'm an integrative health coach. Um, nutrition's important, um, to the longevity of a healthy, happy life. And, you know, stacking the odds in your favor against disease and inflammation, which is happening because of the food we're eating. Convenience is killing us. And so what started out as um, being studied to help my son, because I wanted to use 
food as medicine for Jax, really to fuel him and stack the odds in his favor to counterbalance some of the bad that the medicine that was keeping him alive was doing, I got really well read. And I started reading all these diet theories and I was like, whoa, I want to really know more, more, more. So I went back to school um, and I got that degree. And with that, um, I met my partner, Keith, and we have a um, like um, passion for, uh, feeding people nutritious food. I mean, it's really simple as that and making it convenient and accessible for them. And so beyond fresh was born and, um, we are, um, about four years young beyond fresh. Um, and you can go to beyondfresh.com and check it out. And it is good, healthy food to supplement someone who wants to help make a change in their diet, in their lifestyle, in their health, in their weight, in how they feel and how they're going through life. It starts with what we're putting in our mouths. I agree with all of this. I have completely fallen off the wagon during COVID and I eat because I am stressed out and I work all the time and I eat like apps. I mean, like knowing that you were going to come on, I started reading into it and I was like, the more I read, I was like, huh. Yeah. And, you know, we are trying to do the right thing, or even if we fall off the wagon, like you said, and we do the, the wrong thing and we go for that bag of chips or we eat that, you know, the, that those convenience foods, those comfort foods is now they're known. They are designed to keep you coming back. So they are made in science labs. The scientist's job is to shut off your, uh, your markers that your body delivers you to say that you feel full, that you feel satiated. They mark that off. They turn up the dopamine. They raise the serotonin, all chemically induced in a food. So if a food that says this is a genetically modified food, you better bet your bottom dollar that it's working against you. It's working to make you fat. It's working to make you unhealthy, to feed big food, to feed big pharma, to keep the hospitals full, to keep the insurance companies plump. It's not there to make you feel good. It's really- It's, it's addicting. It's like almost like it has an addictive- Yeah. And I've met people that are really trying to do the right thing, you know, even in terms of the meat they're eating, they're like, I'm, I'm eating, you know, salad with lettuce and, you know, and, and with lots of lettuce and, 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 and chicken. And I, I poached the chicken. Where'd you buy the lettuce? Where'd you get the chicken? Lettuce full of pesticides. The chicken's pumped full of hormones and all kinds of crap. So we have to read our food labels and big food is, is not working for us people. It's working against us. And we have to vote with our almighty dollar and get back to basics and eat food as close to nature as possible. The way mother nature intended it, it's unbelievably valuable to us. There are shit. There are nutrients that we can't, sorry. I, I thought I shut it off. There are nutrients. Our body, our bodies do not make and store vitamins and minerals. We have to get them from our food. And guess what has vitamins, minerals, plants. Your chicken doesn't have much. Maybe, maybe your red meat's got a little iron in there. You know what I mean? But there ain't no vitamin C in it. So, and there ain't no fiber in it either. We're underserved when it comes to fiber. We're also dehydrated. We're walking around dehydrated. Basics. Basics. The shakes look good. And isn't there one product, I forgot what it was, that's also like, that's anti, not anti-aging, but is geared towards yes, those college. of us that want to stay as young looking as possible. Yes. They're called beauty berries. So my beauty berries actually were designed not really for vanity, although we get the benefit and I call them beauty berries. Collagen and elastin are important to 
all of the things that are elastic in your body, your stomach lining. Yeah. Your skin on your, on your body, your tendons, your ligaments, you know, all of these things are fueled with elastin and collagen. And as we age, it's normal, just like the trees, their leaves change color. We don't go, oh my God, the leaves are red. Fall's coming. Everybody get your green paint, go out there and spray paint them green. It's part of the aging process. It's part of the life cycle. So as we age, some of the things that we used to make that help us with structure, collagen and elastin start to deplete, but we can eat foods that boost that, that support collagen and elastin production that, you know, help us grow new collagen and elastin. And so I put all of those very best hero products in one for you. And I make it for under a dollar a scoop and you can drink it instead of a sugary drink. So you're getting, you know, double bang for your buck. You're actually fueling yourself with things that are going to hydrate you, that are going to boost your, you know, your antioxidants that are good for your collagen and elastin and everything in the collection has those types of benefits. I love it. Listen, who would have thought Heather Thompson from yummy tummy to beyond fresh? <laughs> exactly. But it's-, you know, it's all relative because, you know, yummy was about encouraging women to feel good about themselves, you know, and not feel like you had to, you know, strap yourself you know, in something or false advertise yourself. It was about having confidence in yourself and encouraging that if you didn't like what you saw, that I was going to be there to help you change it, to help you lean into setting a new routine, making a goal for yourself. Everything that I am remains. I just changed the business model, but the intention and what I'm there to do is all still the same. I love it. Well, first of all, I'm sorry I kept you for so long. I loved it. Thank you for having me. I could talk to you for another hour. I was going to say, I could talk to you forever. And listen, I, the next time you come back, guess what? You're going to be shocked. We don't need to talk about housewives. Yeah. <laughs> we can talk about, I mean, what else is there to be said, right? We can There's talk about so many things for we us. We can talk, talk about. about, I know, listen, I've I listened to your podcast in my heart. I could talk to you about, we'll talk about a totally different topic. I look forward to I it. I like to talk I, about those you. topics too. I thank you for letting me close the loop on it and truly move forward. Do you feel closure? Did I at least allow that? I mean, I, yeah. I feel watch what happens to me felt like closure for you. Yeah, that was it for me. That was closure. I mean, I haven't done any interviews. I haven't wanted to. It's not how, you know, I want to spend my time, but you're different. You're important to me. And we've known each other for a really long time. And so I certainly appreciate the opportunity to close the loop and, you know, answer some of the questions maybe people still had. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. And I feel, you know, I talk to a lot of people there. I could tell when people are not authentic. I've been doing this now for a very long time. So you are completely authentic. I, the door is open for you to come back anytime. Like I appreciate your time. Where can everyone find you so they can check out Beyond Fresh and everything else? Thank you so much. You can go to heatherthompson.com. Everything that I'm doing lives there. The things that are interesting to me or things that I want you to look at or learn about are usually there um, on social. I'm at I am Heather T. So at I am Heather T on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook is Heather Ann Thompson. Instagram and your website. Yeah. Thank you. 
thank you for everyone who helped set this up to everyone and just keep in touch. And really, anytime you want to come back, we'll chat. And thank you. I'm sorry I kept you for so long. No, no, it was great. I think we needed to. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Keep in touch. And thank yeah. you to everyone. So we'll talk soon. Thanks, baby. Okay. Love you. Love Bye. you too. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.